Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Jim McGregor. And I'm Kevin Crewell. And today we're going to discuss a report that came out from Bloomberg this week that talked about Apple displacing Intel processors in an upcoming version of its MacBooks. So it would be, based on what they said, it would be a future version of the company's A14 processor, ARM-based SOC processor, specifically designed for the MacBooks. Hold on here, hold on. This sounds really familiar, really familiar. I think I wrote about this two years ago. And then I also wrote about it last year. It seems to be like a spring rite of passage that we talk about the Apple-based MacBooks. But even then, I, I, I thought it was a reasonable thing for Apple to do. And in the 2021 timeframe, seems to still hang in there. It's still correlated with what's been uh, rumored before. Yeah, I think you first theorized about that with the A12, but it's taken several generations. Now, I think a lot of that probably has to do with software support. Look how long it took Microsoft to be able to support ARM-based processors. Yeah, and Microsoft went through various versions of their Windows on ARM, first trying to just limit applications to their modern applications, as they called them, and then eventually acquiescing to legacy applications by running an emulation layer, so you can emulate x86 desktop apps on ARM, although it doesn't always work. We've had a a few situations where applications uh, don't properly work, and some don't work really well in terms of speed. So it's going to be interesting to see how Apple feels they can accomplish the same task. You know, and this isn't the first time Apple's gone through this. If you, anyone that's listening probably remembers that they were originally using PowerPC processors. Oh, and but don't forget, before that, it was the 68,000. Oh, exactly. The, the Motorola 68,000. Right. The original Mac was a Motorola 68,000-based design. Then they transitioned to PowerPC. And then in 2006, they transitioned from PowerPC to Intel x86. Now, last time they did this, they had a lot of help from Intel to do a lot of that transition. This time, obviously, they're not going to get that if they're not going to be using Intel processors. But despite all that help, they never really supported Intel. Matter of fact, they never used an Intel logo on any of their products. No, and that's because of Apple. They, I mean, they don't put anybody's logo on their product except their own. So they're very insistent on that part. They don't care about the, the market development funds that Intel will provide. They'd rather beat them up on price uh, at the uh, rather than take the kickbacks later on. Now, these products, you know, and th- there is a model for this, obviously. We've already talked about Microsoft doing the same thing using Qualcomm Snapdragon processors, which, again, is a mobile SoC for the always connected PCs. The one difference being that the Snapdragon already has an integrated cellular modem, so it really isn't always connected PC. It'll be interesting to see what Apple does with their version of the MacBook based on their A14. Right. So if we go down that path, let's assume that this is actually going to happen in next year, 2021. It's still probably a little early for Apple to have a fully integrated SOC with a modem built in. So if they do try to go down the always connected MacBook path, if you want to, if you want to call it that, more than likely they'll use a discrete modem, I would expect, for next year. But, I mean, Apple's long-term goal is to build its own modem 
and fully integrated into its SOC, what one would expect, and so that the same product could be used for their iPhones, their iPads, and and in the future, their uh, MacBooks. Yeah, if you are familiar with that and you're listening to this, it, Apple's been working on their own modems for a couple of years, but they've they've also relied on Intel modems. But going into 5G, Intel was behind, and they finally last year settled a long lawsuit with Qualcomm to where they're going to be using Qualcomm 5G modems initially for their products. And as part of their development, they actually acquired most of the modem assets from Intel. But as Kevin said, it's from what we can tell, it's still very early stages for their development of their own modems. And probably at least the first or second generation of the first products, if they have a modem in them, and we're kind of assuming that they will to compete with the always connected PCs, that they'll still probably be using a discrete modem from Qualcomm. A real tipping point, or a tip-off, I should say, is coming this summer. WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference, takes place in June. This would be the right time for Apple to start talking to developers about how to optimize for a ARM-based MacBook. And we assume MacBook, but it could also be iMacs and regular Macs as well that would migrate to ARM. But I think the most immediate benefit of the uh, A-series SoC is in MacBooks where you can get longer battery life and lower power. Oh, exactly, exactly. And you have to remember that this probably isn't going to displace all of their products using Intel processors initially because the Intel processors are still going to give you more performance than the mobile parts. But you have to remember that Apple's been very, very good even when they've had a lower power processor, like in some of their initial iPhones, they were very good at still delivering quality performance because they control everything on the hardware design, the software, the user interface, everything. So it may take time, but yes, they could actually displace other product lines that are using Intel processors over time. What are the key challenges I find for the emulation layer, emulating of x86 legacy applications on ARM is going to be in uh, some of the SIMD operations. You know, anything that's optimized for Intel's SSE or AVX, those are uh, interesting or hard, actually, for ARM's Neon SIMD destructions to really emulate as well. And if you also notice that in the case of the Windows on ARM products, so far, even though the ARMs are 64-bit, Microsoft has limited the application software to 32-bit applications. So we still may see some limitations when Apple brings their product to market. I'd like to see, and, and this, uh, you know, this is from my point of view, that Apple embrace the uh, scalable vector extensions that ARM has created, even though these, uh, S- the SVE instructions are initially designed for high-performance computing, they can scale back to more desktop and mobile applications as well. And that would give future ARM products from Apple a lot more performance on uh, vector instructions. It's true, without all the emulation. So that, that would be a real boost for any kind of media processing. One other thing that came out of the report also was the fact that they're going to be leveraging TSMC's 5 nanometer process. So they're even going to be ahead on process technology from where Intel is actually manufacturing at this point, which is 10 nanometer. Or I should say they're con- they're switching to 10 nanometers as we speak. Well, Intel's 10 nanometer is 
still roughly equivalent to TSMC 7 nanometer. We've never quite got those nomenclatures to correlate ever since TSMC jumped to 16 from its 20 nanometer mode node when it added FinFETs, even though it didn't actually scale the transistors. But the 7 nanometer Intel node will be roughly equivalent to the 5 nanometer TSMC node. Uh, and those are both scheduled for next year, late next year, actually. It'll be interesting to see if the 5 nanometer node from TSMC can get out ahead of Intel 7. I actually expect that will be the case. And TSMC has been very aggressive in getting their 5 nanometer node out. So uh, that's going to be interesting uh, next year when that happens. Well, and I'm interested to see what the response is because, you know, with the always connected PCs, we both tested these and we actually like them. They're actually a great platform. It, they, they've run every application we've tried to throw at them. And when you're traveling and, you, and you're really beating these things up, you can get two days of battery life plus with the seamless connectivity between cellular and Wi-Fi. It's a great platform to work on. As long as the battery is big enough. I mean, one of the things that some people have run into with the uh, Surface Pro X is that Microsoft went with a thinner form factor on a smaller battery. So you don't get two days of battery life on the Surface Pro X. But with a standard notebook form factor and a good-sized battery, absolutely. I'm seeing phenomenal battery life. And that's even with the cellular modem active, too. You know, that's that's to me, that's actually been... Between the the long battery life and the cellular connectivity, never have to worry about where there's a Wi-Fi connection. It's been a real game changer when you're on the road. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting at bars in hotels actually working on these always connected PCs. And there will be people next to me on their Macs and they're actually looking for plugins <laughs> or asking for a Wi-Fi code. <laughs> so you spend a lot of time in bars and hotels, really? Okay. <laughs> well, I did up until recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, working from home, uh, we haven't had a whole lot of use for our cellular modems because we have our you know, the, the pretty good Wi-Fi here. Yeah, well, and even at conferences, you know, you walk into an all-day conference, and when you don't have to look for a power outlet, you're not looking for a Wi-Fi, an overcrowded, usually overcrowded Wi-Fi signal. It's been a huge plus using these always connected PCs, so I'm very anxious to see. Because, A, I think Apple will promote it more heavily than the micro than Microsoft and the carriers have done, which I think is, a, and, not, and the OEMs, which has been a li- big limitation on the always connected PC. I think Apple will promote it more, and it'll be interesting to see because I think that the Apple community will probably em- embrace this a lot quicker. Well, I, I, especially if you start getting even better battery life and if you can maintain sufficient performance levels, I don't see any reason why the Apple community won't be excited about this. Also, it's eventually will unify the hardware platform between phones, tablets, and Apple Macs and that'll have some benefits, I think, long-term and software development as well as commonality between all the different platforms. So I think that's actually could be a real benefit for developers as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the ability to run the applications on multiple platforms, not to mention seamlessly trans- transfer your application and or data between platforms, something that people have been trying for a decade and haven't been very successful at. This, this will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, me too. I, you know, it, like I said, June will be a very telling time at WWDC 
if they make the announcement because there does, I mean, there's going to require some software work. It's not going to be completely seamless to get the best bang for the buck, so to speak, to get your your application optimized. So I would expect this year they would start tipping people off on this change. I would expect so too. But you have to remember that they uh, started the iPad on the, what was it, the uh, A12, I believe. So they've had a couple generations of their own to actually optimize their software. You know, one of the, the, some of the optimizations you, you should expect in a Mac is it has a higher thermal envelope so you, you, and more cooling, so you can run it at higher clock speeds. You also may see a bigger GPU. They use a pretty good-sized GPU in the iPad versions of, their, of the A-series. So I would expect the Mac to have that as well. Maybe there'll be some other accelerators. And then I guess, you know, like I said, long-term, the goal is to be a fully integrated SOC with a modem. Well, I think with that, it brings us to another wrap of another Tyrius cast. Please remember that Tyrius is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem from sensors to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, merger and acquisition evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies. If you would like uh, more information about Tyrius Research or inquire about any of our services, please contact Jim and I directly. I'm Kevin at Tyrius Research, and Jim is Jim at Tyrius Research. Tyrius is T-I-R-I-A-S Research. And you can also visit our newly designed, redesigned website at www.tyriusresearch.com and keep up with us on social media. Our official account is at Tyrius Research. I'm at Crewell, K-R-E-W-E-L-L. And then Jim is at Tech Strategist, T-E-K Strategist. And we also are writing articles in Forbes, EE Times, ECT News. So keep up with us there. And uh, we have a number of new white papers on our website. So check those out. Yes, and also look for more information on podcasts with EE Times. We've been doing some with them lately. And if you want more information about this, we wrote about it in Forbes recently this week. So there's an article on Forbes on the announcement. And we have a monthly newsletter. So if you're interested in the newsletter, just go to our website, click on the newsletter link, and it'll take you directly to our landing page for our newsletter. You can sign up. It comes email once a month, and it's kind of a summary of everything that we're seeing, everything that we're working on. So kind of, kind of a good summary of what's going on in the industry and some of the things you should really know about. So, and if you, obviously, if you have any, if you want to contact us or have any feedback, please contact us directly. You can contact Kevin at Kevin at TeriusResearch.com or myself at Jim at TeriusResearch.com. Thank you. And amongst this pandemic, we hope you have a safe and successful day. Whatever day it happens to be. (laughs) 